This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning and welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to ta- chat with Ted Eichner and Robin Seip of the Peace Country Pickleball Association to talk about the growth in Fort St. John and the Peace, and in general, uh, with Fort St. John's first pickleball court set to open in Kin Park next week. But first, the B.C. government recently awarded the Buffo family of XY Ranch just outside of Fort St. John with a Century Farm Award, celebrating 100 years of farming in B's, uh, B.C. To talk a bit about that award and his family's farm, we're joined now by Bill Buffo. Bill, thank you so much for coming in this morning to chat with me. Thank you, Dub. I really appreciate you taking some time. Uh, let's start with uh, 100 years ago. When your dad was coming from Wisconsin on his way to Dawson City in Yukon, and he came through Fort St. John, he, he, he discovered some farmland he liked, I suppose, eh? Oh, uh, yes, that's true. Uh, he was left Wisconsin and went to the, coal, the copper mines in Butte, Montana, mm-hmm. and he contracted silicosis, so they gave him six months to live. Oh. <laughs> but the doctor said if he got out in fresh air, he might last a little longer. Okay. So some millionaires grubstaked him, and that's when he went to the Yukon mm-hmm. and, and Alaska gold fields. But he was a little bit too late. By the time he got there, the claims were already staked, and it was kind of past the rush. So he came back and homesteaded. Uh, the, at that time, the Peace River block belonged to the uh, federal government. Mm-hmm. It was the CPR block, mm-hmm. and then they traded it back to the government for some land down the Kootenays. So the original homestead uh, receipts and, and titles came from the Dominion of Canada, mm-hmm. not the province of BC. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he homesteaded away, and to homestead it was $10, but you had to clear 10 acres or build a $400 house or do some things to improve the, to prove up the homestead. I see. So he actually, he was, I think the last one was in 1956. Oh, Took okay. Took all the years. Hmm. Is there was there like a time limit at the time? Like he had this much time to do yes, some. Yes, I work? believe there was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, a couple of people had homesteaded part of the part of our farm previous to the father, but they would they would never do anything with it. So, mm-hmm. um, and he and only there was no money kicking around in the late teens, so he would work on the trap line in the winter time to uh, get enough money to kind of do some improvements in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And he had accidents there. One time he was uh, crossing a beaver dam, and he fell through the beaver dam, froze his toes. So gangrene set in, and he's way out alone on the trap line. So yeah. he took an axe and chopped his toes off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I would think, I'm not sure how you'd do it. But <laughs> a different time, I'd say. Right. <laughs> Incredible. Well, he clearly made it back and continued farming. Did... Do you know, did he have any experience with farming before he got the homestead, or did he kind of learn him and his family I as they went? mostly learned, but his father, my grandfather, yeah. they had a logging operation in a farm in Wisconsin. Yeah. And his grandparents moved from Belgium to 
uh, Ohio or something, and they were farmers too. Okay, so he'd, he'd had some info right. like past farming down, background. So. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, let's kind of skip ahead a bit then, because of course you you're born uh, kind of in the, the I guess the 30s, right? If I've 40s. got 40s, pardon me, Bill. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you grow up, and you decide that you want to be a rancher like your dad. Well, why was that something that you were so interested in? Well, I was I was interested in farming. Yeah. And uh, another little story, we I thought about buying the farm from father with uh, financing from Farm Credit Corp. Mm-hmm. So I got the forms, and I was just too scared to go into debt, so I we threw the forms out, and we used to have burn barrels in the wintertime. Yeah. Next spring, I went to the burn barrels, and this form was right on top. It wasn't even weathered. <laughs> so I felt a little better, and so we... Uh, it, it was a sign, you thought. Yeah. My wife and I filled it out, and we got the farm credit loan, and and it was a, kind of a struggle the first few years to yeah. uh, make the mortgage payments and feed the family. So my wife used to... Uh, we had milk cows, so she'd sell cream and skim milk and eggs to the neighbors, and that was kind of our grocery money. Mm-hmm. If we had... Uh, I think our grocery budget was $20 a week. Wow. So if we had $2 left, we could go to the Ford Hotel and get 10 glasses of beer. <laughs> <laughs> what a time, eh? Uh, now, the farm then, you, you kind of mentioned you had cows, chickens. you have any crops, really? Or Oh, yes, we had grain crops yeah. and, and uh, grass seed. And we started with uh, Hereford cows. Then I sold the, the ones that, I, that Dad had turned over to me mm-hmm. and we uh bought some purebred herefords and uh, about three years later we showed our first animal and which was a grand champion oh okay so, so we raised herefords for 27 years going to shows in mostly alberta mm-hmm. and then uh, just got tired of raising the cows the calves we'd be up for six weeks calving the cows and they had to go through the barn to dry off they get scours they get navel infection yeah so we uh, decided to go to bison. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier to raise. Yeah. How did you get tipped off that that bison would be better? Did you did you did you know someone who was raising him? Yes, Bill Bickford mm-hmm. uh, kind of talked me into it, and and Matt Boke, a rancher from Alberta. Bill was the first or second person to have bison in BC, mm-hmm. and at that time they were considered wild animals. So they finally come up with a permit system. You know, we have to have a game farm. To raise bison. I anyway, see. And then bison, the same thing. I never intended to show them, but we went to a few shows, and boy, I thought, mine are just as good as that. So we've since won, I don't know, well over 100 trophies and yeah. I think 25 grand championships. And, mm-hmm. and we had, uh, out of nine consecutive shows that we went to, we had eight grand champion bulls and one reserve champion bull consecutive, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good record. Yeah. Wow, wow, and and it, it, this was kind of in the eighties when you kind of switched to bison, right? If I remember right, seventy nine, seventy nine, yes. yeah. So you've been raising bison a long time, <laughs> right? From most of most of the time you've owned the farm, anyway. Um, uh, I, I mean, as you mentioned, you this farm has won lots of awards in your time. Was was your dad winning awards for some of the stuff he was doing before? Was that even really happening then? Or well, the last guy we used used. News used to call him uh, the uh, master farmer, mm-hmm. but he never won any awards. He never entered any shows. So yeah, that I know of, anyway. Yes. And this this uh, 
Century Farm Award is actually a tribute to to my father because mm-hmm. he struggled all his life to build it up and turn it over. Mm-hmm. Now part of it is I also got in trust for my great grandson and great great granddaughter. Mm-hmm. They also have a interest in it now, yeah. even though they're only two and a half and one month. Mm-hmm. So you know that this is going to keep stay in your family at I least guess. part of it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you think you were, when your dad started out and, and you know, he, he, you and you, you, him and his, your mom started having a family, did, do you think this was his goal to have a, fa- a family farm that stays in the family for kind of as long as the family wants it? Do you think this was something that would make him proud to hear that 100 years later you're still farming the same kind of land? Well, I think probably in the back of his mind, yes. Yeah. But he was... Uh, Kind of started family a little bit late. He was 60 years old when I was born. Wow. So he had kind of a late start. Mm-hmm. But he's seen his grandchildren. Yeah. Lived to see his grandchildren. So that was good. Wonderful. Um, and then again, I, I mean, you mentioned it already. This is your, some of your kids have also started a farm or I have a piece of the land that you kind of sold to them for them to do farming too, right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then as yeah, you... My daughter... <clears throat> my oldest daughter, Cindy, she does the majority of the farm work now. Mm-hmm. Sandy, my younger daughter, she does all the books, which take more and more time for government yeah. farms and crap. <laughs> <laughs> How's, uh, I mean, this has been a tough year just on farms in general in uh, in Northeast BC. How's it been for you guys? Oh, it's been really, really dry, like most of the prairies. Mm-hmm. I think our hay crop was 20, 25% of what it wow. should be. Wow. We, and we we rent a couple quarters and we just barely scraped up enough hay to for the feed for the winter. Mm-hmm. Have you had to like purchase more to kind of start? No, I think we'll have enough. But, yeah. But the purchase price, wow, it's 12 cents a pound is what I've, I've been hearing. Mm-hmm. So that's $140. Cause everybody's for just getting by, I guess. Hey? Yeah. yeah. No, and I talked to one fellow. He's got a friend and in uh, Prince George and he usually gets his hay from Smithers in, in that area and he said he, he's looking for hay up here well there's none up here either so it's a bad yeah. year yeah tough year so hopefully next year will be much better than uh, yeah always some next more. year always next year hey? <laughs> all right Bill well I think we'll, we'll leave it there thank you so much for coming by to chat with me about this uh, wonderful warm and some of the history of your farm and uh, uh, congratulations to you Thank you, Doug. Dub. <laughs> You're very welcome. Uh, that's Bill Buffo, the owner of XY Ranch here uh, in Fort St. John. We'll be right back to talk all things pickleball on Moose Talks right after this. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Now we're going to talk about pickleball. It's a growing sport that we keep hearing more and more about, it seems, with every passing year. And as it turns out, uh, here in Fort St. John, they're set to open the community's first pickleball courts. There are some in Taylor already, so to talk a bit about the growth of pickleball and just pickleball in general in the piece, we're joined now by Ted Eichner and Robin Seip of the Peace Country Pickleball Association. Good morning to you, Ted. Thanks for having us. And good morning to you, Robin. Good morning. Ah, perfect. Okay, so let's start with, first of all, a bit about what pickleball is for people who don't know, because I know it's a sport I've heard about for some time. Well, it's just like tennis, only with pickles. (laughs) <laughs> should have seen that one coming yeah you should have seen that one coming <laughs> but it is similar-ish to tennis is it not yes yes how like how so like what what are kind of the main differences from 
say the tennis you'll see on TV to what you'll play on the pickleball board is is it is it a lot? Well, it's you know you you in order to describe pickleball, you kind of got to go into the history of it. Yeah, and uh, it goes all the way back to 1965, Bainbridge Island in Washington. Mm-hmm. There was a couple people who were reti- who weren't quite retired, but they had property in Bainbridge Island, and they would go there in the summertime. And their families were bored because the dads would go golfing every day. (laughs) And the moms and the kids were like, oh, we're bored, we're bored, we're stuck on this island, what are we going to do? So the dads got together and they said, let's think of something that the kids and our families can do while we're off on the golf cart. So there was an abandoned badminton court on Mm -hmm. one of the person's properties. Mm -hmm. So they put the badminton net up and then they just cut some paddles out of plywood they originally started with ping pong paddles and they decided that was too small so Mm -hmm. then they cut these paddles out of plywood and they started with a wiffle ball which was a training ball for tennis Mm -hmm. and that's essentially what a pickleball is the same diameter as a tennis ball only it's it's hard plastic and it's a wiffle ball it's got holes drilling it to slow the speed down yeah so they invented this game and the you know they at first they didn't have any rules they were just kind of volleying the ball over the badminton net and they said, well, you know, they discovered that this ball bounces off the court really well. So then they incorporated new rules where you got to let it bounce a couple times when you start. So then they lowered the net, and then away it went. It took off. Okay. Literally. So what happened, by the end of that summer, 1965, the kids were frustrated again because they weren't allowed on the court because the adults were playing. <laughs> and the game just literally took off from there. So what is pickleball? It's a badminton court. It's a net height, or sorry, a tennis net height net. And you play with a tennis wiffle ball, and you play with paddles that are about the size of a racquetball paddle. Right? Okay, so. I see. Is it uh, is the paddle kind of, um, I'm trying to remember a racquetball. I should have brought paddle. one in. Yeah, it's still it's still kind of longer-ish like a no, tennis. No, it's fairly no. short. Okay. You're, a, you're limited to a maximum length of a about 17 inches long. Gotcha. And they're about 10 inches wide. I see. So, yeah, it's it's a hard paddle. I should have brought one in. I know it was in my mind. I thought, i got to bring one of these in, and, you know, Ted and I can, can play a little mini game here and <laughs> just demo it. But, uh, yeah, the pickleball paddle is, if just imagine a slightly larger ping pong paddle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as you say, the ball, because it has holes in it, it moves slower than a tennis ball. So Relatively. Okay, so you can, you, if you're good at this, you can Absolutely. get it kind of whipping at your oh, opponent, yes. I guess. Yeah. Plus, of course, mm-hmm. you know, the competitive spirit comes out, there's a whole range of pickleball balls mm-hmm. from the indoor balls that have bigger holes in them and more rubber in the ball, so they're quite a bit slower. So now you get the uber competitive guys. We like that hard plastic ball with little tiny holes so yeah, you can get the ball going over a hundred and well over a hundred kilometers an hour. Really? On a smash! Oh yes! Wow! Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah. Because and I'm going to say something, and 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 I, and I hope it isn't offensive, but I've associated this game with an older generation. You hear about? Um, well, Ted's old. <laughs> but but this is something when I was growing up, I would hear about. Like, my grandparents, I think, played a little bit of here and there. But the game is growing beyond that sort of, that stereotype. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. That's the great thing about pickleball, Mm -hmm. is the elderly people, the mature people, can play the ball, Mm -hmm. play the sport. Name me 
a recreational outdoor sport that anybody can play from 8 to 80 and be reasonably competitive at it, have fun, and not charge a, a whole wheelbarrow full of money. Mm-hmm. It's one of those sports that you get out of it what you put into it. And everybody can play the sport right from 8 to 80. So that is why it is really taken off. And to get to your point about it being an old person sport, you're totally right. Why is because it got into the senior communities in the snowboard communities in Arizona and Florida Mm -hmm. in the late 1980s, early 1990s, and it exploded from there. But now, of course, younger people have discovered the sport. So now it's becoming really competitive and there's competitive leagues and there's televised games. And now we have professional pickleball players. When we first started, we came up with this ranking system. Well, how are we going to rank our players? So let's just go 1 to 3, 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. And then as people got better, we introduced 4.0, kind of following the scoring, the ranking of tennis. Mm-hmm. The top rating in tennis is what, 5.0? So pretty soon we were having 5.0 players. Well, now we're getting really good players, young players into the sport. So we've had to say, okay, we have to expand that. So now we have 6.0 players. So... Everybody can play the sport. It is really taking off with the young people now. So mm-hmm. the last five years in North America, it's experienced over 30% growth per year in, across all of North America. Wow. So it's just exploding. Wow. And, and, and you think, do you think the reason it's exploding so much is because, as you say, anyone can play it? Absolutely. You, yes. ten, <clears throat> tennis sort of requires some athletic ability. Have you played? I've never played pickleball. We'll, I've tried out, tennis and failed. Come <laughs> out literally within half an hour. We will have you playing, and you will be addicted. There you go. <laughs> yeah. so, pickleball comes with a dire warning. It is very, very, very addictive. Very addictive. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Uh, so then, with the association, I mean, people listening right now who are like me are like, "This sounds like it could be fun to maybe get into." And again, the pickleball court's about to open here at that yeah, Kin fantastic. Park. Fantastic. How, how do we get involved? What can we do? Where can we learn the sport? We've entered a user agreement with the city, and we'll, the club will be hosting uh, a Tuesday drop-in from 5.30 to 7.30 on, on Tuesdays. Anybody can drop in. It's free, and they'll be uh, introduced to pickleball. Yeah, okay. Int- we're going to be hosting intro to pickleball. We have certified coaches. We have very experienced players. Anybody who wants to come out and try pickleball, we have some loner paddles. The only thing we ask is make sure you wear some athletic wear. Make sure you wear some good shoes, some non-marking shoes, some court shoes. Yeah. And come on out. We'll get you going. We'll get you playing. We have balls. We have paddles. And we'll literally, within minutes, we will have you playing. Wow. That's awesome. Absolutely. When, when does this start, the, the drop-ins? Uh, this month, or Tuesday. Um, oh, so this 15th, coming Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. That's Assuming perfect. the courts are available. Right now, they're still fenced off, and the nets are not yet installed. That's mm-hmm. supposed to be worked on. I see. Yeah. But it's basically this Tuesday, and if not, it'll be like the fall. For the rest Tuesday. of the season. That's right. Yeah. Until and the then, end of September. Okay. Yeah, we're hoping to squeeze this into the rest of the season this summer. Uh, a bit of a late start for the courts here in Fort St. John, but we're excited. And then, of course, once the schools go back in, we have use of some of the school gymnasiums for the indoor season over the winter. But even then, if there's people who want to try the sport of pickleball out, just contact the club executive. We have a Facebook page. You know, um, 
Peace Country Pickleball. We can, you can contact us through the city rec department. So, yeah, get a hold of the, the club guys, and we'll get you playing. You know, it's even if you've never picked a paddle up before, and you say, hey, I don't even know which end of a pickle to pick up. So <laughs> come on out. We will get you playing. I'm so glad you worked on some material. <laughs> We're coming in. That's wonderful. The, All uh, right. The uh, Facebook um, group page is just Peace Country Pickleball. Okay. That's all you need to search. And uh, you can email Peace Country Pickleball at gmail.com. Peace Country Pickleball, all one word. One word. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you both for uh, coming by and uh, teaching me about pickleball. pickleball. I'm going to have to stop by and try it out. And you can uh, show me show me the way. Thanks again. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to hold you to that. <laughs> Ted, uh, Robin, thanks so much for being here today. Yeah, okay, we appreciate you. the opportunity. You're very welcome. That's Ted uh, Eichner and Robin Sipe of Peace Country Pickleball Association. My thanks to our guests, Bill Buffo, Ted Eichner, and Robin Sipe for joining us on the show today. If you'd like to hear this episode again, or if you'd like to hear an old episode of Moose Talks, make sure you check out the energeticcity.ca podcast page. You'll find past episodes of this show there, along with all the episodes of Secrets of the North, Before the Peace, and Voices of the Peace, archived for your listening pleasure. Take some time to listen to some excellent locally produced podcasts today at energeticcity.ca slash podcast. That's our show. Trey Lopashinsky and Jordan Prentice are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.